0: Apparently, he didn't have to say anything. We were so uncomfortable watching that with our parents that we took off. And uh, had my 13 year old self been able to get a copy of the tape the next morning, I'm sure I would have watched the rest of it, but for some reason, it was gone. Welcome to the Medical Dads Podcast, a parenting podcast by two dads who happen to be medical doctors. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Stuart Harmon, a pediatric emergency room physician and father of four from Ottawa, Ontario. I wanna be in the podcast.
1: Daddy, do you know what you're doing? Can I play a game on your computer? Daddy, where's mommy? And I'm your other co-host, Dr. David Shu, a family doctor from Toronto, Ontario. Welcome aboard. All right, Dr. Harmon, we're back for another episode of Medical Dads.
0: Back to talk about another hard-hitting topic that's a little intense, but that's very necessary with all the things going on in the world today. Absolutely, absolutely. We're here to talk about movies. (laughs) That should solve the world's
1: problems. (laughs) Well, after last week's discussion, we needed something a little bit lighter. But movies, I don't know, man, like this episode could get dated fast because... Do people even go to the movie theater anymore? Like, is watching a movie an actual thing still?
0: I mean, it will be. I think uh, as of the beginning of this month, the restrictions have lifted on on movie theater capacity, and I think in another few days, the uh, requirements for masking in this province are going to disappear. So, the option will certainly be there.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Like they, they, they. They give these new like bylaws, like masks are no longer required, but then they'll throw in this sentence at the end. But we still think you should strongly consider wearing masks, right? <laughs> like, how does that work exactly?
0: I mean, my recent experience at the movies was uh, for my youngest, who just turned uh, seven at the beginning of uh, March, she wanted to have her birthday party, and we were going to do it uh, as something where we were going to go to the movies. We were going to mm. just go with me, uh my uh sister and her family and then three of my uh daughter's friends from school uh, okay. so that was the plan so first step was we call the movie theater to see okay so do you do movie theater parties still or anymore or again <laughs> <laughs> uh you know because before you could do that you could pay a certain amount of money and then they would have cake and pizza and a little party room and then you would go and see the, the movie right uh, but so they're very quick to say no, no no we are definitely open and we would Love to have a group here, but we don't do that. Uh, so you can just book movie theater seats, but you can't do that. So we're saying, oh, okay, all right, well, we'll have to think of an alternative plan then. Uh, but yes, we'll, we'll still do the movie part of it. So that was all set. My daughter was getting all, all excited. And then four or five days before the movie, uh, her sister gets a runny nose and a sore throat. And so they're like, uh oh. Right, so what are the rules now again about isolation and waiting and all that kind of stuff? And I'm saying, You know, it's I am pretty sure that the guidelines, uh, certainly what I'm telling my patients, the guidelines are is five days of isolation. And when you're improving for 48 hours, then you can go back to, you know, activities. So that Mm -hmm. means that the sister would be out for going to see the movie, almost certainly. But the uh, the actual child's birthday, it is potentially we could still do that. Um, Although I'm saying the problem is you can't really invite family and friends to a movie and not uh, to be upfront with them that well, look, this child's okay, but somebody else in the family has been sick. Right? <laughs> not not in these still Omicron times. Uh, and so uh, my wife is saying like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I guess we should let them know. But, uh, you know, I, I think the guidelines are you could, you're fine to go back if you have two negative tests, if you have two negative rapid tests, because that's what the screening criteria are for their gymnastics class. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I mean, sure, different institutions have their own different... Requirements, but I know what the guidelines are supposed to be, and I know that these rapid tests are useless. So anyway, uh, she's got it all kind of figured out. Well, all right, I'll 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 talk to people, I'll see what their comfort level is, and then uh, two days before the movie, uh, now that kid is uh, the kid whose birthday it is, is <laughs> like saying, "My throat feels kind of funny, or it's kind of scratchy." and my wife's still thinking well you know maybe it's just that she wants to get some of the which she perceives as uh, treats that the, the child who's actually sick is getting <laughs> uh, you know maybe that's not <laughs> like uh baby i think we got to pull the plug on this thing um, uh it sounds
1: like your wife was suffering from denialitis a severe case of denialitis
0: you know this as a separate topic that's actually a huge part of what's going on with covid is these things <laughs> where you you know that if you're being objective uh that yeah whatever plans you had are supposed to be canceled or yet yeah, your kid is sick and it could be COVID, but people find themselves saying all these things that if they heard other people saying it, they would say it's ridiculous. You know, like, <laughs> well, you know, but I did have a, re- a negative test, so it's probably fine. you like, you know, that's not how those rapid tests work. Or I, I don't you know. know. I, this
1: is news to me because in our household, we have the opposite problem. Every time the government makes a proclamation saying you know we're going to relax some aspect of the covid mandate right we're going to relax relax masking we're going to relax limits in the restaurant yeah there's this chorus of voices in our household that's like oh that's a bad idea oh that's a horrible idea it's like a reflex it's it's the opposite of denialitis. it is it's like it's like I don't even know what I call it. It's like persisting itis. Like we need to make COVID persist as long as we can. right? (laughs) Oh, oh, I wouldn't do that. Watch what's going to happen. Yeah. Nothing happens. Right. Every time nothing happens.
0: Right. I think there's a lot of people who feel, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm all for strict guidelines. If somebody at my kid's daycare has a, a second cousin with a runny nose. That kid shouldn't show up at my daycare. But when it's you and you're the one in the situation, that's where people often find themselves being like, well, I, but that, that doesn't apply to us right now. I, I, my kid's fine to go to school. I don't have to take a day off work uh, because my think, uh, they're probably faking. Uh, or, you know, it's, it's a runny nose, but it can't be COVID because we're so good. We're so good at not interacting <laughs> with other people that it's got to be some other virus that's not well, COVID.
1: You could make the argument that in your case, you guys had COVID like, what, a month and a half ago? Right. Like, you're probably immune, right? I, I, th- I feel like if you actually just hosted the party and put a sign under your name, you know, like on the, movie t- on the movie billboard, it'll say like, you know, we have some runny noses, but we just had COVID. Please come in. You're all welcome to share snacks.
0: <laughs> Don't worry. It's some other illness you're going to catch from us. That's not COVID. <laughs> Don't worry. Just tell everybody that you know it's not COVID. It'll be fine. <laughs> but yeah, well, so uh, I think there was maybe some element of my wife feeling a bit like, yeah, we we if we had COVID, what are the chances that it is COVID? Uh, so maybe it'll all turn around and get better. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, if, if they're well on the day of, it won't matter. But I think that was a fleeting thought, right? A human nature a fleeting thought. But and when she's really is being practical about it, she's like, no, mm-hmm. I can't. You just can't bring family members in or friends in and not be completely upfront with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyhow... We we pull the plug on the party, and by that day that the party was supposed to be on a Saturday, by that day, which was her actual birthday as well, she was like falling apart. She started off the day great, and then yeah, by noon she's crying. It's not fair. I can't swallow. Why is this happening Mm. on my birthday? Um, However. uh, silver lining. She actually physically felt better after some Advil and was still able to enjoy her birthday at home, doing all the Plan B things that I had thought of ahead of time, knowing that this uh, get together was probably going to <laughs> get canceled. Even a month ahead, Of would go when we were talking about it.
1: So, what movie was on the agenda if you had done the party? That's the question.
0: That's right. That actually, I sorry, I almost lost the point of why I was telling that story. <laughs> was we were we were looking for a kids movie that would be a great movie to see, um, and. I think because movie theaters have been knowing that, well, I should say because movie studios are knowing that putting these movies out in theater, they're not going to likely make their money on it. They've instead been you know, selling them on streaming services or just holding the movies back and not releasing them, uh, mm. waiting for when theater populations are going to be like, high. Yes,
1: Top Gun 2. When is it coming That's, already? <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, the only movie that we could see that was playing was uh, Sing 2. That was the only mm. kids movie that was playing that wasn't... Uh, clearly some you know, foreign film from the <laughs> 1970s that uh, they're playing on a rerun. Right. Uh, so that was the plan. We were going to see Sing 2. And then when I was having to break it to my daughter, that like, look, honey, we're definitely not going to go to the movie theater. Uh, one of the things that I was uh, realized might soften the blow was I looked to see what was playing the next week, saying, okay, you know, next week, March 11th, by then everyone should be fine to go to the movies. Uh, And I saw that uh, the newest Pixar movie, Turning Red, was being released March 11th. And so I'm telling, oh, honey, you know, uh, some bad news. I don't think we can go to see the movie today. But if we just push it back one week, instead of seeing Sing 2, we could see this movie, Turning Red, which he'd seen the trailer for and was excited about. Mm -hmm. So super happy, all excited. Everything's great uh this week i go to book this the tickets ahead of time for <laughs> turning red owing to be seeing well that's weird i i could swear i read that it was releasing march 11th but it's not playing at the cineplex near us and i'm checking it's not playing at any cineplex in town turns out march 11th the movie is released straight to disney plus there you go it, it just it just speaks to how uh right now because of covid even if you want to go to see a movie and are willing to go and see a movie, uh, for children at least, there is a dearth of movies to, to see. Am I using that term right? Is dearth a lot yeah. or a little?
1: A little. Oh, yeah. A little. It's near death.
0: Uh, okay. Then, yes, uh, uh, there's a huge dearth, a big, dirty dearth <laughs> of uh, kids' movies to see in the theater right now because all the studios are saying, "Oh, there's no money in putting them in the theaters.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, this is, this is a conundrum about the whole movie industry going forward. We've reached this tipping point where for a few years, movies were not doing as well at the box office. Like you basically had to have a Marvel superhero at the front end of the movie or someone related to Luke Skywalker to be able to draw an opening weekend, right? Yeah. And without that, there's this whole idea that the entire Hollywood industry could be, you know, facing this big turning point where people don't want to go to theaters. You can stream everything at home on demand yeah. already. Streaming has changed television watching habits a lot. Movies seem like they're the next on the cutting block. It's not a nice time for people who really love cinema historically.
0: Yeah, I would say for the last few years, you would have actually have thought that the theater would have died a long time ago. I think when when VHS tapes became a thing, at home mm-hmm. people thought the movie industry was going to die but i think what it did do to some extent is push movies towards or theaters towards focusing on the big blockbusters the things that you yeah. feel like uh yeah it's just not the same watching that on a, on a small screen right uh, you know funny just, you mentioned marvel movies you know they made up 30 percent of the total u.s box office into that yeah, it's not
1: a, it's not a surprise it's not a surprise and and don't even get me started on star wars like star wars has done the same thing after the rise of the skywalker kind of flopped like insofar as you can flop while making hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> they've decided not to release anywhere star wars movies and now it's turning into a television streaming thing yeah which i don't know it, it doesn't work as well for me right i don't need star wars coming in like every week the way it is now right I, I want like a big movie that you can have that months and months of anticipation culminating in a podcast where we go nuts about it <laughs> rather than this like weekly here here's Here's an app. Ep- here's a show about Boba Fett as Jabba the Hutt, and
0: blah blah blah. Like I don't, I don't need this. I mean, we don't for the style of format of our podcast, but I'm sure there's somebody out there podcasting weekly on every episode <laughs> of the Boba Fett. There Forever are, are there everywhere. are, and
1: they're getting more hits than our show, which is just appalling. All right.
0: <laughs> to be fair, they were getting more hits than our show even before they started streaming <laughs> uh, stuff on Disney Plus. But
1: we will reverse that. We will reverse that now. Now. We were going to talk a little bit about movies but we were specifically today we didn't want to talk about kids movies because i feel like we spend so much time talking about parenting and children mm-hmm. and as dads we need some dad time right <laughs> and recently this weekend i i was put on a movie and no we're not talking about porn movies right <laughs> but today we're going to talk about movies that we are not planning to watch with our children that we love, right? This is yeah. pure dad time, dad movies. And maybe in the back of our minds is these movies are movies that we hope our children will find serendipitously someday, someday <laughs> but we're not going to show them this movie you know, anytime soon. You know, we're not <laughs> going to sit next to them while they're watching it.
0: Yeah, it, it, I, that's how I'm conceptualizing this. The, the movies that I wish I could watch with my kids, uh, <laughs> but that they're just not ready yet.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, for me, the movie that kicked off this whole idea was, I was sitting, I was sitting up in my basement. It was like Friday night, and I start, I put on a, I put on this old Hong Kong action movie called Hard Boiled. Okay. Right? And I don't, I don't, I doubt that you've seen it. Have you ever heard of this movie?
0: Hard Boiled? No, I can't say that
1: I have. All right, this is this movie is directed by John Wu. And it stars these two Hong Kong mega movie stars. One of them is Chow Yun-fat. The other one is Tony Leung. Tony Leung, if you know, is the, he's the main villain in Shang-Chi. He's the dad of Shang-Chi, that dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, but this movie, and he was, he's considered by many like, you know, you know, cinemaphiles as like this unbelievable master actor. Right. And like he's for been his acting for his
0: action skills or his acting skills?
1: No, actual acting. He's oh, not okay. really an action star. Okay. And he's been a pretty big star in Asia since like the early nineties, right? Yeah. And now he's near the tail end of his career. Yeah. Chow Fat, for people who don't know, is also this mega um, Hong Kong movie star. He was on a lot of Hong Kong dramas and then segued into Hong Kong action movies where he really got famous before trying to make a go of it in North America as like one of the first crossover guys, along with Jackie Chan. He was in The Corrupter with Mark Wahlberg, The Replacement Killers, Anna yes. and the King, a couple of movies. They, none of them did well here, but unfortunately.
0: But he, he, he actually had uh, actual... Skills right for like fighting. No, no, he's
1: a gun, he's a gun toting hero. Okay, he, his skill as an actor seems to be that he can play these serious roles yet like immediately flip into like comedy, you know, or farce at times, right? So, he's not a martial artist, right? So, so the backstory of this movie is that in 1990 let me see in 1997 okay i'm i go to college at cornell university uh-huh. and i've never actually I've, I, I wasn't a big hong kong movie person you know i had i had actually not seen any of the big john woo things okay and unbeknownst to me like in the late 80s early 90s hong kong cinema takes off it becomes like this huge worldwide phenomenon for people who are really into that kind of thing mm-hmm. and the main thing about it is these action movies right so it's either martial arts or gangster movies with lots of guns, lots of violence. And then the lead director of that movement was John Woo. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't know about any of this. Right. I don't know how I got through high school in Toronto without knowing about any of this, yeah. but I guess show up at university. And in that year, Chow fab was making his big like arrival in North America. So he was starring in a movie called The Replacement Killers yeah. with Mira Sorvino. This was like a big thing and and that i noticed like I, I saw some release press releases some articles about this and it was like wow like an asian dude is going to be in like a major american movie and that was unusual yeah. right so at that time you know my buddy from college chris he's telling me we got to go see this like this is going to be exciting and, and he starts telling me about hong kong movies and i had never seen any of these things yeah and so the weekend that replacement killers opens where he's like we're to go up to pyramid mall and, and go see this thing so so Friday night, you know, instead of studying, me, him, and this other dude, uh, this other dude, we we decide to go up to Pyramid Mall. We get the tickets to watch this movie. And so the movie probably is a typical start time, like 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock at night. It finishes at 10. Yeah. And it was it was mediocre, right? It was kind of like they tried to make c- cross him over, make him as one of these Hong Kong action star police cop guys toting a gun, yeah. except now he's in North America interacting with white people. Yeah kind of mediocre we come out of the movie theater and there's just like this bitter taste in our mouth. <laughs> like oh that, that wasn't that wasn't great yeah and we go back to the dorm and, and in those days at the university they had this thing called cornell cinema which is like this art house movie house uh-huh. where they're releasing they're showing films like a couple times a week and the films often are arranged thematically and they would mail you a calendar of like what the movies are for this week or for this month uh-huh. right and you know the the calendar was sitting there and and we noticed that there's a Chium Fat festival going for the next 2 or 3 weeks yeah. because of the American release of this big blockbuster oh, okay. or I don't know mediocre blockbuster <laughs> attempt they're showing all his old Hong Kong movies and then we're looking and we're like man that movie left such a bad taste in our mouth and my chris is like we should go check this out it's it's starting in like 30 minutes right hard-boiled i'm like we just came out of the movie theater we're gonna watch another movie he's like it, it. and then we look and the way the cornell cinema works like these movies only play once or twice they're not showing every day for a week or anything like you're gonna catch this showing or it's over so i was like all right let's go we'll go see this we, t- we asked the other guy sean we're like do you want to come see this thing and this guy was a bit nerdier than us. He's like, no, no, I, gotta, I go back to study, right? In college, this somehow makes sense. Like a Friday night at 10 o'clock, because you blew off the first door, you're going to go back to study, right?
0: At 10 o'clock at night on a Friday. What? So what does this guy do now? Like how many Nobel prizes is he collected?
1: He's, he's an orthopedic surgeon somewhere. Yeah. All right. So, okay. so it does work out for everyone in the end, but Anyways, Chris and I were like, "All right, let's go. We're going to watch this thing, right?" So we haul ourselves down to Cornell Cinema. We 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 sit in there for like two hours watching Hard Boiled, which completely restored my faith in Chow Yun Fat, okay. in Hong Kong action movies, in wanton gratuitous violence. It was unbelievable, yeah. right? <laughs> and then for the next few years, like this movie would appear sometimes on cable. Like I remember in in my senior year, like three years later in college, like. Chris and I and a couple of dudes were just like, you know, sitting around the TV. It's like Saturday night yeah. watching TV. Hardboiled comes on. Like, everyone stop. Stop on this channel. We got to watch this. Right. And then one of our buddies like, why this movie? Every time this movie comes on, the two of you go crazy. I don't understand. <laughs> you just had to be there. You just had to be there to see this thing in like a cinema setting yeah. and just appreciate the brilliance of Hong Kong movies. So Hardboiled is my first choice of movies that we, I cannot wait for my kids to discover on their own someday but I'm not sitting through it with them at any point in time.
0: Is this is just because of how violent it is.
1: It is it is violent. There's a lot of blood flying around left and right. There's guns everywhere. There's probably a body count in the hundreds. Like I'm I'm thinking maybe 300. Yeah. But at the same time it's just this unbelievable story. Like if you can overlook the fact that the plot is full of holes and <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Aside from the fact that the story makes no sense, the story, the story is does make sense.
1: The story does make sense. So there's this whole genre of movie called, oh, I, I can't remember the name anymore. But basically they're like Westerns, but they're set in Hong Kong and they deal with like instead of cowboys and Indians, they're dealing with police versus thugs and gangsters yeah. right and the characters themselves are basically like superheroes but they're armed with guns and stuff so they're able to do things like kill civilians right without there being any consequence the police right? are. but but the moment a police gets shot, it becomes, like, this huge emotional thing, right, where the, the camera slows down, and then you see the guy writhing to his death, right, and it becomes, like, this, like, really, like, overblown, super dramatic thing, yeah. right? And And at the same time, the cops are getting shot at, like, left and right, and they're able to dodge bullets, like, almost to the degree of, like you know neo in the matrix yeah. like yeah. that kind of like superpower yeah so it's meant to be sort of like a fantasy movie it's not realistic except that it looks realistic yeah right and so you know the the main premise of the movie is kind of actually you know the movie to depart the departed with uh leo dicaprio
0: yes yes
1: that movie is based on another hong kong movie called infernal affairs infernal affairs is based on Hardboiled to some degree so it's this whole idea that there are undercover there are undercover police working high up yeah. in the gangster world yeah to the degree that nobody even knows that they're there yeah and so tony Lung is this undercover cop guy right and yeah. chao yun fat is the actual police and the two of them at the beginning you know are after each other because chow doesn't know that tony leung is actually a good guy okay. right until the tables get turned and how could he know that he's actually a good guy because Tony Long is too busy shooting people left and right as part of carrying on his mission right he himself as a good guy cop probably kills like dozens and dozens of so-called bad guys just for the chance that he can he can capture the big Johnny Wong bad guy at the end
0: look I had to shoot that baby so anyway not blow my cover
1: (laughs) now interesting that you mentioned baby but if you google the word hard-boiled on Google search, you'll see the original movie poster is yeah. actually a photo of Chow fat holding a shotgun in one hand, wearing a bulletproof vest, and in his other hand is a neonate. <laughs> because, because the second half of the movie, which lasts about 55 minutes, takes place in a hospital, which has been secretly taken over by the gangsters. The gangsters built the hospital, but in the underground, Built, like their armory is that what they call it, where they keep all their guns yeah. that they're trafficking okay. so in in this in the last act of the movie chow and tony have to team up to break into the armory right and take down johnny wong meanwhile though there's these babies being fed in the nicu that that chow has to rescue while jumping through fire like it is an absolutely unbelievable movie and like, not every Hong Kong action movie is like this. Like, this one gets really gratuitous to the point that it's funny and just, like, insane yeah. and not realistic. But it just... I don't know. I could watch this movie again and again the rest of my life. I'll never get tired of it. It, it makes no sense.
0: But you don't want to have to explain to your kids why when the good guys run out of weapons, they start throwing premies, and the whole thing becomes a big <laughs> preemie fight as everybody's picking up babies like snowballs and throwing them back and forth at each other.
1: There's a scene i mean i i I, just for this i rewatched this movie this week a bit of it right there's a scene where chow decides he hears about that there's going to be this big meetup like a big gangster meetup and there's likely to be bloodshed right (laughs) as any cop would do in that setting he decides not to tell his superiors not to have backup Instead, he just tells the guys who are managing, like, the police armory, just uh, suit me up with all the best weapons. I'm going to go alone, right? So he enters this warehouse where there's where they've already been killed, like, half of the guys, right? Like, basically, these gangsters are meeting, and they're having a disagreement, and a couple of them die. Yeah. At some point, Chow decides he's going to come down from the ceiling on, like, a zip line, right? With his shotgun in one hand, one man against, like, a hundred men, right and it's just unbelievable it's it's i mean we laugh at it but literally isn't every superhero movie kind of like this ultimately right except this is just a regular dude right he can feel pain like this is amazing
0: this does sort of remind me of the of the movie that was i think well known to the audience because i've talked about it before uh, about the movie that i want i'm just waiting for my kids to be old enough to watch
1: robocop
0: robocop (laughs) <laughs> robocop he does walk into a drug producing factory uh and yeah everybody's shooting at him but it doesn't matter because he's robocop but he just goes around <laughs> just shooting every single person every single uh evil drug lord i know world you
1: world 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 will enjoy Hardboiled. i i know you will enjoy this movie <laughs> it's unbelievable if you like robocop you are going to enjoy this
0: uh, robocop is just a movie where the i didn't realize it as a time watching it as a as a 12 year old i think i was 12 actually when robocop came out and i saw that and yet my daughter who's turning 12 in a few days and my son who's who's uh, gonna turn 11 in <laughs> august i'm still like oh yeah but i don't know if i should watch robocop with them <laughs> my younger brother was 10 when we saw robocop when my dad rented it and we all watched it together but uh we're getting but, soft
1: man the future generations are just getting <laughs> soft out there
0: well like the uh, oh, I do remember actually. After my brother watched it, though, he was uh, like worried about having bad dreams and stuff. So I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I want to wait. Well, a the bit question
1: longer. really is, I think, is what does mum think about these kind of movies? Because that will go a long way to determine what age is appropriate for your children to watch this thing.
0: Uh, sort of like whatever age I think is appropriate Whatever age she thinks is appropriate We should like, uh, take the average of those two numbers No, and, no, no and then... it,
1: it literally is whatever age she thinks is appropriate Don't think that for a moment that you have any sway in adjusting the average
0: ah, But the thing is around here She hasn't seen any of these movies you know, If I tell her, oh yeah, you know, Roll Cop's not that bad She's like, oh, okay, Roll Cop's not that bad Then we'll be in the middle watching it She'll be saying, well, wait, what? I'll be like, oh yeah, I forgot about that part <laughs> You know, specifically with RoboCop, when I think, well, what's the problem? Because it's not like my kids haven't seen some level of violence on TV or that sort of thing. But RoboCop, it, it, the opening scene, they're all in the in the futuristic police change room, which is a co-ed change room because that's that's Detroit in, in the future, <laughs> uh, which is actually, I think, in the timeline of that movie, that would be the present. So there's a, a topless uh, woman changing in the in the police station. Um, and it's just one of those things where it's like, uh, I. I know that if the kids are watching that, it's going to be a big uh, hoopla reaction just around that aspect of it.
1: Yeah, big hoopla from Dad. Dad's going crazy in the back.
0: <laughs> I thought there's the scene where the uh, one of the villains it gets turned on by the by the mastermind villain mm. uh so someone comes to assassinate him but what they go to assassinate him at his apartment where he's having a, a cocaine party with hookers uh and he's snorting cocaine off a, <laughs> up a hooker's chest and it's like, again it's like yeah that's just one of those things where uh, the conversations that we're gonna have to have after that uh, i just don't want my kids to have some images stuck in their head that they're having trouble getting out um, or that they uh, or that i'm having trouble getting out that they don't want to let go of <laughs> Uh, and that's to say nothing of the scene where a guy gets covered in toxic waste is walking across the road or limping across the road and then gets hit by a car and just explodes.
1: <laughs> so so, that- so I think we should amend what this episode is about. It is not really about movies that we will never show our kids because it sounds like for RoboCop, there is a t- point where if you pull off what your dad pulled off and watch it with your kids, that your kids will be talking about cool dad for the rest of their life. right? Oh, you yeah. have to execute this correctly. <laughs>
0: That's that's for me. Most of the movies on this list are more of a countdown, uh, as opposed to a. Uh, I wish I could watch it. It's more of a when can I watch it countdown to RoboCop for sure. Yeah. Uh, a similar movie on that list would be uh, Terminator. Terminator Two, actually. I, I mean, I'd like to watch Terminator One, but that I, I don't feel is a movie that is going to be necessarily as uh, gripping. It's, mm. it's a much more dated movie. But RoboCop Two is a pretty slick movie from beginning. to Terminator end. Two. Uh, or sorry, Terminator Two. Ro- RoboCop Two, not so slick. <laughs> Not so slick at all. <laughs> Robocop 3, not on my list of movies. I'm going to watch The kids. That's more on my list of movies I hope they never discover. Now, Terminator
1: 2 but, doesn't strike me as a movie that would be that gory, right? It's a movie that's kind of suspenseful, but but it's unrealistic in a way that seems like it would almost be easier for a child to watch
0: you know i think the discussion of why i don't want my kids to watch these movies probably highlights what my weakness is or what my uh, my area is that i'm most uncomfortable with because <laughs> it's not the violence so much of robocop or of terminator that i'm really worried about uh, although there are a few scenes that are not appropriate for my seven-year-old perhaps but uh the at the beginning of RoboCop uh, when. Sarah Connor is Terminator.
1: You're uh, mixing up your, uh, sorry. <laughs> action heroes.
0: It's, I got, it's a Freudian slip. <laughs> so, you know, you're thinking about one thing, but you're talking about a mother. The, uh, the thing in Terminator is that Sarah Connor starts off, uh, locked up in a mental Institute and for no reason, for some gratuitous, no reason, uh, maybe other than to establish that the janitor at this place uh, deserves to be <laughs> murdered. Uh, he checks on her while she's in there, like locked up or in her kind of comatose state, and licks her face. Mm. She's because she's pretending that she's in like that she's in some kind of stupor, so that people won't suspect she's planning a breakout. Uh, and then yeah, he comes on and sees that she's not reactive and just like licks her face. And I remember even seeing that in the theater, thinking to myself, "No, that's not necessary. <laughs> we don't." We don't need to see that. Although at the same time thinking, wow, this really establishes that this is a movie with no borders. (laughs) Any crazy thing can happen here.
1: So that's the scene. Um, So you could watch Terminator 2 if your kids showed up 20 minutes into the movie, just not at the very beginning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, yeah, Terminator 2, I could probably uh, uh, just distract them or skip ahead during that one little scene. (laughs) Uh, But to see Terminator 2, I really want them to at least appreciate Terminator 1 or if maybe sit through Terminator 1 and to to watch that there is a a topless sex scene with uh, Sarah Connor and this guy from the future Uh, and so having to explain how the future of humankind revolves around this baby who's born because the parents have sex but they're not married (laughs) it's just a one time thing
1: maybe you could tie it into Robocop you know with the naked woman walking around the locker room like this is just a thing in the future right the nudity is everywhere
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I've had to do with some of the other movies that I have let them watch. Uh, But not talking about the future, talking about the past. Uh, So Ghostbusters, that is a movie that's uh, extremely near and dear to my heart. There's no way my kids were not going to (laughs) watch Ghostbusters. I'm not going to watch it really early in life. But in the first Ghostbusters movie, the Ghostbusters smoke. So to have to explain to them why the heroes of the movie are very casually smoking several times (laughs) throughout the movie, just playing up cigarettes. uh, I had to start off with this. Warning right at the beginning of the movie, look kids, this movie was is very very mm. old. It's an extremely old movie. This is from the <laughs> 1980s, back when people didn't really understand that cigarettes were bad for them. <laughs> <laughs> like didn't people know that in the 80s? No, 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 kids.
1: <laughs> Anyways, I this reminds me of so we I was talking about Hardboiled and you, now you're mentioning these movies where there's this one scene that just makes it unwatchable. There was another movie. <laughs> so during that month so we watched Hardboiled and we we're like this was, I was like, this is amazing. We're going to have to see every movie on this list. Like, screw Friday night studying until midnight, right? So we watched a whole bunch of other Chow yun Fat movies during this period. So I got really into Hong Kong cinema. So I think one of them is called Full Contact. But there was another one called The God of Gamblers, which is also a movie that's super near and dear to my heart. There was this other yeah. micro genre in the Hong Kong movies at this time where they made these gambling movies, right? Where like a where like yeah. a star shows up at a casino and he can outwit the casino bosses left and right and sometimes cheating, sometimes not cheating, like whatever. And God of Gamblers is like one of these really famous ones. Problem is that yeah. there's a scene in the movie where one of the villains kills like the lead the lead dude's girlfriend and now that she's dead this is his one chance to hook up with her right so they actually had a scene of this on screen i was like oh my gosh this is just too heavy even for me like i, I can't watch this. Like, that movie absolutely my children will never be introduced to but the funny thing is that we've all seen it like anyone who's into hong kong movies knows Fat, knows god of gamblers and we've all filed that yeah. away in the back of our brains unfortunately
0: uh Along that same lines of movies with a a one scene that wrecks the movie. Gremlins, the first Gremlins movie. uh, My kids love that movie, Mm. uh, especially my son. He loves that movie and then uh, counterintuitively loves the second movie, Gremlins 2, even more than the first (laughs) movie. Or at least he did back in the day. But in the original Gremlins movie, there is a scene that every time we watch that movie... The DVD always mysteriously skips. Uh, kids are always watching it and say, Oh, it's this part. There's some kind of scratch on the Blu ray because it always jumps ahead of this. Uh, and this is the scene where, in the middle of all the chaos, uh, Billy and his girlfriend uh, go to her house. I can't remember what they're looking for, but they're, they're wandering around the house and there's a quiet moment for them to talk to each other. And she gives this unusual speech about how, when she was a kid, her father uh, dies. And the way he died and the reason why she hates Christmas is because uh, her father used to dress up as Santa Claus and come down the chimney to, to surprise them every mm. year. Uh, but this year, he didn't show up. Uh, he doesn't come down the chimney. And then I two weeks later, they find his corpse stuck in the chimney in a Santa suit. So most people don't even remember that that's a part of Gremlins, but there it is. That's in Gremlins.
1: <laughs> now, how did you happen uh, to scratch played... the DVD at that moment? That's what I want to know.
0: Like you're able to police <laughs> the, the DVD. I'm sitting there with the remote <laughs> control. As soon as that scene starts, I press the <laughs> chapter skip button and, and launch ahead. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't actually get out a little laser and, and just scratch it. Delete so that some of these kinds <laughs> of movies,
1: yeah. it's kind of low-hanging fruit because it's like, you know, there's some wanton violence or there's some a lot of blood or in the case of you know a sex scene randomly thrown in that would take an otherwise watchable movie that we love into the realm of eh, i'm not yeah. too sure when they can watch it right so i think these movies kind of yeah. fall into that category the the other movie i want to talk about today is one of my all-time favorite movies movie that i could watch anytime anywhere but is the reason of it is not so much that there's sex or you know, nudity, although there's a tiny bit. And I'm talking about The Godfather, right? This is my, one of my...
0: Did you say The Ghostbusters too? <laughs> I do not. You said <laughs> Ghostbusters 2? I, I, I heard <laughs> Ghostbusters 2. Uh,
1: uh, talking about The Godfather. And this movie, <laughs> yeah. you know, I remember watching this movie... I think when I was in grade seven or eight, right? And I cannot, like you said, I can't imagine having my children watch this movie like four years from now, right? Like, first of all, there is a scene, there are a couple scenes, you know, you know, some sex scenes. So that would require some explaining. But then there's this whole morality thing going on in The Godfather, right? Where The Godfather is actually a gangster. He's, the movie in some ways glorifies, you know, a villain, right? It's all about, you know, how it how it's okay for a for a person to uphold his family values like that's what makes him an upstanding character while at the same time yeah. being a complete menace to society who orders the deaths of people just for the sake of his business to grow or remain stable like that's pretty dark and then as a as a kid especially as a guy like when you're 13 14 it's like whoa this is heavy like there are anti-heroes out there right this is amazing yeah and but I don't know how I could ever introduce this to my kids without having this massive explanation, right, about the mafia, right? I don't know how to go about yeah. this.
0: Plus, the the Godfather is a very slow film mm. for by modern standards. By modern true. Standards. True. So, uh, this is this is sort of at the point where your kids can appreciate cinema, yeah. uh, can appreciate the historical meaning of some of these uh, movies, and and understand that yeah, it may be slow by modern standards, but. You have to look past that. So this is definitely when they're going to be yeah, older. Yeah, it
1: has to be one when they're older. I mean, this one I guess I do plan to watch with them at some point, right? Probably yeah. at some point in high school.
0: I actually feel like that might be a real turning point where, in our minds, we see them as as kids. Uh, all my kids are. None of them have, have have finished their journey through puberty. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and so, you're, and pu- when uh, puberty
1: ends, you're not a kid anymore. <laughs> is that
0: is that the case, Doctor Harmon? <laughs> Uh, More along the lines of none of them are even close to the point where I stopped seeing them as kids, (laughs) right? But somewhere in high school, we were watching these movies. I remember I saw Casino when I was in high school, and that was a pretty intense movie. Um, So maybe it was was first year university, but somewhere close to there. So there is a certain point where you'd say, yeah, I could definitely watch those movies, and it was fine then. Uh, So when my kids are that age, I can watch it with them. So I feel like it may come sooner than you think, where you sort of realize... In high school, when they're 15, you may realize, you know what? From the stuff they're saying, the stuff they're doing, I now realize that they're already doing stuff in their real lives that mean that they can definitely watch Robocop. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You're going to be like, I'm, I'm saving this movie for you. It's really dark. You know, are you sure you're ready? And they're like, oh, man, I've seen 10 times worse than this by the time that comes appears, <laughs> yeah.
0: It's just funny because for people growing up in the 80s, there's all these movies that we watched when we were a certain Mm -hmm. age that that by modern sensibilities we wouldn't have our kids watching and to highlight that fact going back once again to our beloved Robocop (laughs) that movie the guy who directed that movie is known for making these strange ultra violent movies not because he's trying to appeal to the violence loving audience Uh, But because he was trying to actually satirize our society and uh, our high tolerance for (laughs) violence So RoboCop, when he wrote that movie, that was actually meant to making fun of the idea that people watch these hyper-violent movies Uh, And we didn't realize that was the joke at the time (laughs) And yet, right, so that movie was intentionally, ridiculously violent An R-rated movie And there was a RoboCop cartoon show (laughs) in the 1980s (laughs) Right, so... So you're a kid watching a cartoon show based on a movie that you're not supposed to be old <laughs> enough to see. And that wasn't just true for RoboCop. Rambo had a cartoon. And another one that I was hoping we would get to is Police Academy. Ah. Right, there's a Police Academy cartoon show. And so to deviate now from our discussion of movies that are just too violent or have, a, have a one or two like nipple slips in the movies uh the police academy i remember that in my mind as being a great movie for kids because i was a kid when my dad was watching this movie on tv uh, uh, and then during the middle of the movie I had, to, I had to go and have my bath and when i came back the movie was still on but i saw the parts that to me were important as a kid that he meets this cool black guy who can make any sound effect with his mouth <laughs> and as a kid those sound effects seem super realistic <laughs> Remember that was the that was the big part of the personality of that movie it was Jonesy, who could get all kinds of antics making sound effects. And so, yeah, that movie seemed like, yeah, yeah uh, not that it's the greatest movie series in the world by the time you get to Police Academy eight, but the first police academy movie, I remember that being as a hilarious movie that my kids would love. Interesting. Yeah. But do you have you seen that movie lately? I,
1: okay, I gotta come clean. I have never seen that movie. I've only heard about it talked about by all the other cooler guys in the class who'd seen the thing. This was not something I was able to
0: watch. Your parents were ahead of the curve in terms of being like, my son cannot watch that movie. (laughs) Maybe they weren't interested in that movie either. It was not easy for me
1: to access movies at that age. And I think by the time I got to the age where I could go to like jumbo video on my own, you know, this wasn't a thing that anyone wanted to see anymore.
0: Yeah, I had a combination of experiences where we would be on vacation somewhere and there'd be a like a movie channel or we'd be visiting a family and they had a movie channel. Mm-hmm. That combined with the fact that my uh, dad uh, did go through a phase of really enjoying renting movies and he had no... Like, I'm, it was driving my mom crazy, I'm sure, but my dad had no thought whatsoever about, is this appropriate for the kids? <laughs> uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I do remember, I think I talked about on the show before, he rented the movie Scorpion and told me that we couldn't watch it, which <laughs> then immediately led us to wait until he wasn't around to steal the tape. And so,
1: sounds like the time my parents somehow, somehow I caught wind of like, you know, my parents were always getting like v- VHS tapes from their other Taiwanese friends of bootleg yeah. movies to watch, right? My parents are not going to Jumbo Video to watch movies. One night, I go downstairs and they're, they're watching TV, and normally they're just watching some like Chinese thing. I, w- I go downstairs, and I'm like, Wait a minute, they're watching Basic Instinct. I'm like, This is Basic Instinct translated in Chinese. I'm like, Shoot, I gotta get up early tomorrow and watch this VHS.
0: Uh, that is hilarious. I was thinking about Basic Instinct because <laughs> I've never actually seen that movie. <laughs> Uh, but my parents rented it, not knowing they thought it was just another one of these thrillers, like nine and a half. Weeks yeah, we, like we, so we think that they
1: rented on. it without knowing what it was actually about. How is that possible?
0: Well, here's why I think they didn't know what it was about or didn't know exactly what the movie entailed, because they load that movie up with all of us in the room watching <laughs> this is family movie night. My mom, my dad, my sister, and me. I must have been about uh, 13, maybe. Uh, my brother was 11 at the time. Uh, And my sister, my two sisters are there, so we're all at family movie night. And the movie opens up right at the beginning. It definitely opens
1: up. That movie opens up right away. (laughs) (laughs) Like
0: they're having sex. She's uh, breasts everywhere. Uh, She's and murdering the guy at the same time. So in the first like three minutes of the movie. (laughs) Um, I'm, me and all my siblings almost simultaneously are getting up, saying like, "Yeah, you know, you know, we, we don't think this is a movie that we're going we should be watching with you." Apparently, <laughs> didn't have to say anything. Like, we were so uncomfortable watching that with our parents that we took off. <laughs> and uh, had my 13 year old self been able to get a copy of the tape the next morning, I'm sure I would have watched the rest of it. But no, you wouldn't. For have. some reason, you wouldn't have. You would have gone. just
1: fast forward through and tried to catch the key moments. That's all you would have done.
0: But I wouldn't have known what the key moments. Oh, are, you would have known. Right.
1: <laughs> In the olden days, if you recall, when you fast forward to VHS, the image is flashing across the screen. It's not like today when you're piss- pressing the chapter select and you skip over chunks of the movie.
0: I, I suppose that's true. I, I would have no doubt that uh, if I had fast-forwarded through the movie, the the tape would have been worn out when it got to the scene <laughs> where she's infamously unfolding her legs in the uh, in the in the police station. That's a scene I've never actually seen the original scene of that, uh, but it's been parodied so many times mm. in other things that I am like totally aware of that scene. But yeah, that's a movie I have not actually seen. Basic Instinct. Uh, and that was that's one of those movies I can say on is on my list of movies. I never intend <laughs> to to watch that with my kids.
1: I'll second that notion under any circumstances, that's definitely going on the list. I did not know that our conversation was going to veer to this when you said, as we talk, some movies will come to mind. this is, this is the movie that comes to mind.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think, I, I think it's really just highlights how the violent stuff I, I seem to have a, quite a high tolerance for, but the sexual stuff... Uh, certainly, watching that with my kids it makes me so uncomfortable. Uh, well, even the police academy movie, based on this or the cartoon based on these movies, if you actually go and watch that movie, there's a scene towards the end of the movie where, as a prank, they uh, they they get a hooker. They hire a hooker, and she ends up having to hide out in a podium at the graduation ceremony <laughs> for all the uh, people graduating from the police academy. And the, the commissioner or the person who's graduating them, who's this like genial old guy who, who seems like he's in his uh, 80s and he acts senile for most of the movie, uh, he goes up to give the speech. and Someone zips his pants in the podium. So he's trying to give the speech while the hooker is underneath the podium pleasuring him. <laughs> Um, and conceptually nowadays there's a lot of things about uh, how derogatory that would be to women uh, and there's a lot of commentary on that that already makes it inappropriate but uh, from the situational comedy issue of what's happening it's a rather hilarious uh, uh, scene mm. and yeah that I, had, I didn't even realize that was in the movie because when I was a kid and I saw the movie I didn't see that part because I was in the bathtub out of that part so um, yeah I, I watched the movie a few years ago and realized like whoa I cannot show this movie to the kids. <laughs> seems like, there's a lot of movies in that same genre. Seems
1: right? like uh, your version of it is to like hit the hit the fast forward button on a DVD player but your parents were conveniently getting you up for bath whenever a key moment was about to appear <laughs> in one of these movies. Stuart upstairs bath time again. <laughs> yes,
0: I was uh, the cleanest kid in the block. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have two three baths a night depending on what movie The, they the cleanest kid
1: with the dirtiest parents. That's how it always is. <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs> yeah, my parents rented Basic Instinct and I had a two-and-a-half-hour bath. It was crazy. <laughs> oh. But uh, there was one movie that uh, uh, that is so just hilarious. Uh, and I feel like, yeah, when you watch it now, because I watched it recently, it is still a little bit dated in sort of the way it uh, uh, treats women. But at the same time, it's not so old that uh, it doesn't offer up a little bit of the perspective of women and uh, and sort of highlighting how the... Uh, men who sexualize women or, or, or objectify women, it comes with a comeuppance, right? Mm. It, it, anyway, the movie I'm talking about is Super Bad. Super Bad is the movie that launched the career of uh, Michael Sierra, mm. uh, or maybe was the entirety of the career of Michael Sierra. Also, Seth Rogen got his start in, in that movie, or that launched his career. And he helped co write that movie. In, in many ways, that's his opus. Mm. Um, anyway, great movie, that movie, Super Bad. Uh, and uh, what's her name? Emma. Emma Stone, uh, big big-time actress who got her start in that movie, so full of talent. But the whole movie is about a coming-of-age story type of esque movie, or it's a, a, a more mature take on the coming-of-age story where these these goofs in high school are super horny and uh, it's leading them to all kinds of trouble. I, I, have you seen this movie?
1: I can't. I can't remember. I, those type. Of, those are definitely types of movies that I would not put on my watch with children list.
0: <laughs> well, I th- I feel in many ways, Super Bad is the movie that was the the, the movie that many other movies tried to recapture the same feeling of Superbad and never quite managed to, to nail it. Mm. So Superbad is a great movie. But, it, you know, it starts off with the, these two uh, high school boys in a, in a convenience store picking up Slurpees, talking about what uh, porn channels they want to subscribe <laughs> to or, or what, what porn websites they want to subscribe to. Uh, so it, it very much is, is a raw take on, you know what, this is probably the writer of that movie. That's what him and his friends went through back in the day. Uh, so it feels very honest in that sense. Uh, but it's just hilarious watching these goofs get into all these problems. Uh, so uh, that is not a movie that as a kid I would have watched with my dad. Uh, <laughs> and certainly didn't watch with my son. Now, my dad, who is uh, in his 60s now, uh, he was over the other day. And we were, I wanted to just watch something with him that was funny. And so I pulled up super bad. So now uh, <laughs> here I am, 44 years old. And finally, I watched a movie. Uh, I watched a teenage sex comedy with my father. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved go? it, I say. <laughs> he thought the movie was quite hilarious.
1: Now, speaking of these movies, I mean, speaking of dads in these movies, you know the movie The Interview, right? That's the, the North Korea movie that Seth Rogen yeah, did. Yeah, I saw that with my dad. I mean, too. I saw this movie, it was kind of chuckle funny my dad yeah. you know for people who don't know he's got dementia so you know he's been get he had been getting worse around the time this movie came out and was a big yeah. thing he was already pretty confused like you couldn't sit through a movie with him he'd probably fall asleep he wouldn't be able to follow it my yeah. mom decides to watch the interview and then there's there's a lot of dick jokes in this movie <laughs> right and then yeah. my mom calls me there's like your dad was really into it. He was actually laughing. He found this funny, right? <laughs> so I don't, I, you know what? You know, when you have dementia, all bets are off. You know, just let the guy enjoy whatever he wants to enjoy. <laughs> you know, that's, that's it.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, could any of us hope for more that one day when we finally reach the point where we're demented, that our kids will find the interview and connect with us just for one more moment?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we can thank Seth Rogen. I bet you he was not thinking about that particular audience when he was making this movie. <laughs>
0: In your dad's state, did he even realize that the movie was not, like, real? Did, Probably did he, not. Maybe he thought this Probably was a hilarious documentary. Not.
1: Like, it, it had been a few years where my mom had said he, he can't watch TV. Because a lot of people were like, you know, if you have dementia, why don't you just sit the person in front of the TV? They can, like, you know, that can occupy them for some time. They can have some entertainment. Yeah. And he just couldn't focus. Like, most things would just be in over his head. Like, he'd be sitting there watching. Yeah. He'd either drift off or he'd get up and go do something else, right? And along with reading, reading is also something that quickly became too complicated for him to do. But lo and behold, the interview for a couple hours brought some hilarity to his life. So, I mean, you know, thanks, Seth. We appreciate that.
0: The satirical movie that took aim at Kim Jong-il and caused him to launch a cyber attack on Sony Pictures. (laughs) All worth it. All worth it. Bring a smile to that, man.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, there you go. There you go. We have some movies that we hope that maybe someday our children will discover on their own. And we might watch some of them with them. You know to become cool dads but we might not for some of them
0: we'll do a special follow-up episode the day i watch robocop with my kids absolutely which i'm starting to feel it might be sooner <laughs> than you think
1: i you know so i gotta say i actually have not seen robocop this was not a character that i'd ever seen as a kid either <laughs> right? what? yes there are some gaping holes in my movie watching resume unfortunately
0: you didn't even know of the movie like i knew of, of it Bobo-Cop? i knew of it
1: it was okay. this robotic policeman walking around it doesn't even speak i was like it doesn't seem as cool as terminator right like what you know and i don't know but you know what how about he we speak how, how about we make a deal you watch hard-boiled i'll watch robocop and then we will reconvene and and talk about these two movies at some
0: point a better idea now that COVID's winding down at some point in the next six to eight months you and i will watch these movies together oh that
1: will be something that will be something that, we can do one of those awesome. like live podcasts where like as we watch it we just keep talking about the thing as we're watching <laughs> it you know everybody turn your turn your movie to zero hit play now we're gonna start
0: i'm down for that <laughs> All right, well until next time happy movie watching folks see you in a week absolutely see ya